Well, hello. How are you? It feels great to be back, doesn't it? It's been a while. I took a little break there from person of interest, and now I feel really happy to be back, and especially to share our guest today's story. His name is Christian Gosvick. He's from the Cincinnati tri-state area. And let's see, he did his undergrad Xavier, and then he went to UC for med school, and now he's a practicing PCP for the Christ Hospital. And most specifically, he serves the geriatric community in the tri-state. He's a young guy. He's 31 years old. And I must keep in mind, you guys, that all of us will one day be 70, 80, 90 years old and need care. And that is exactly what he does. And not only that, he fosters a community through advocacy, storytelling, and community building for the geriatric community through his work and through the foundation that he and his husband, Cody, started called the Giving Voice Foundation. And that's what we're here today to talk about. The Giving Voice Foundation is pretty epic. It serves the geriatric community and also their most recent event coming up is called Mimosas for Memories. And that's happening Saturday, April 30th from 11 to 2 p.m. at the University Club. And you can get your tickets at givingvoicefdn.org. So everybody, meet Christian Gosvick. All right, so you're from Cincinnati. Well, like Fort Thomas area. Yeah, I grew up across the river. And, but now I read that you are an east sider. I am. I live in Oakley. Welcome to the dark side. Oh, yes. so you don't live far from here then. Yeah, and we're in the Oakley room today. Yeah, we are. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. It's all, <laughs> me- it's all meant to be. Um, but so I'm excited to meet you and excited to have you on because I'm, um, most of the memories I'm going to with Molly Watson. Now, her and I, like, received a press release, and she said, I said to her, like, do you want to go to this event? And she was like, I've always wanted to go. Yes. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Bottomless mimosas. Yes. Amen to that. (laughs) Can I wear a hat? It's at the University Club, right? Yep. Yes. I don't think I've ever been to the University Club. It's different than the Cincinnati Club. It is. Yeah, yeah. Is it on 4th? It's down closer to the... 4th and Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Kind of old mansion. Um, yes, I wanted to go. Um, so, all right, so now I'm just all over the place. But so you are a physician here in Cincinnati, and so you're from Fort Thomas. Yep. And then you went to school at UC. I went to undergrad at Xavier and then med school at UC. Oh, nice. Did you like your experience with that, all of that? Yeah, Xavier was great. Med school was, you know, it was med school, but Mm -hmm. we got through. Yeah. And so you've been practicing now for like 10 years or so? No. Uh, <laughs> I finished uh, med school in 2017. So. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Well, welcome. I started this job in 2017. Awesome. So I'm on that journey. Okay, great. It's enough time. Yeah. You start to you feel like you know what you're doing? I feel like I'm very comfortable. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it took me years to figure it's out a, how comfortable I am in this yeah, position. Yeah, forever so. learning process. That's yeah, for sure. Right. And what do you specialize in in your medicine practice? So I have two main passions, um, LGBTQ healthcare, and then I also do um, geriatric care. Amen to both. You know, before, like, knowing all this about you, those are two of my really strong passions as well. Yeah. Um, so tell us why you wanted to get into LGBTQ. So um, growing up, um, I kind of went through the process that many from our community do of, you know, figuring out about yourself and learning about yourself and then yeah. eventually coming out and... Um, I think through that process, realized how important it was to see yourself in other people and have good role models um, in that community. And so that was part of it. We could talk a lot about why I think um, physicians are underrepresented in LGBTQ healthcare and why having a primary care physician from the community is really important. So I think those have been big drivers too. Yeah, that's fantastic. I never thought about it until it was articulated, something that I read about you. Like, you know, representation is huge. You want to go to someone who is like you and who understands you. 
Yeah. And I haven't thought about that, but I like to go to only women. Yeah, exactly. I'm like the same, the same thing. I just don't trust men. I'm like, you're just, you don't have a vagina. You don't know <laughs> what it's like. How could you know? Yeah. You don't know what it's like. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, that makes so much sense. And um, now tell me about geriatric care. I find this to be really fascinating because I don't think there's really anyone really talking about, or someone as young, young as you, what, you're 31, 32? Yep. Um, and someone starting out their career into geriatric care. Yeah, it is definitely the not the sexy choice, I don't mm-hmm. think. You know, when people are like, surgery, cardiology, dermatology, how about geriatrics? So, if you think about it, though, it is recession-proof, though. We all... It is. Everyone's aging. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone is old. aging. Um, I think it came from early experiences. So I worked yeah. in a nursing home as a teenager. Um, oh, wow. And just being around that population, I think, opens your eyes to a lot of things that they face yeah. um, and kind of put that on the radar for me. It's kind of... So what... Nursing home did you work in? So you're from the area? So I worked at the um, Barrington in Fort Thomas. It was an mm-hmm. assisted living and independent living facility. Um, worked mostly kind of in the dining room kitchen with the residents when they were down for meals and things. And just got to be a part of their daily lives, which yeah. was super interesting. What, what are some of the things that really struck out to you that you thought areas that needed help? Um, areas that needed help. I would say... Just people that are willing to sit down and listen with older folks. I think a lot of times, for one, they they enjoy being able to tell their story. And I think that that's the kind of really awesome thing about seeing older adults is just mm-hmm. hearing their story, hearing about Cincinnati from the past or the world from the past and realizing that these people have decades of life, that they have stories and experiences and wisdom to share. Um, and I think a lot of times, especially in healthcare, which has gotten very fast-paced, Um, there isn't that time to sit down and do that. And I think knowing those things about someone is super important to being able to provide good care to them. Um, So I think myself and my colleagues that are in geriatrics, I think that's kind of a big piece of it is just the the patience and the willingness and the interest to kind of sit down and listen to people um, and then use that to inform how we take care of them. Wow. That's a a great way. That's a great way to put it. I feel like it's easy to understand. And this... Do you have any advice for someone? I feel like there are so many people um, who are a little bit scared of geriatric care, as I am as well. I like when I was younger, I would volunteer at um, old folks' homes, and my mm-hmm. grandma lived at one. Yeah, a uh, shout out Western Hills Retirement Community. <laughs> she was, I think, the oldest and the longest resident to ever live there. She's holding double record holder <laughs> there. She was there for like twenty five years. Um, and I didn't really like going. I didn't like the way that it smelled. I didn't like it was sad to me mm-hmm. and uh, maybe frustrating. And I didn't like the experience as a kid. And I feel like I'm that's maybe the common understanding. Yeah, I think most people are a little bit intimidated by the kind of setting of a nursing no, home. it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. it is. Because I think there's really neat neat stuff going on in there. And if you can kind of get past some of your own um, stress and anxiety and realize that the folks in there have interesting things to say and have interesting life stories and I think are much more than maybe what they might appear on the surface. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think a, a good question for me that I ask folks a lot of times when it seems like it's hard to kind of get a conversation going in that setting is just, you know, tell me about what it was like growing up when you were a kid. And most people have interesting stories from their childhood. Um, those generations, I think, in general, enjoy sharing those stories. Um, in folks who have um, cognitive or memory disorders, usually those distant memories are still intact. So it's a good way to connect with people and um, 
and usually get a really good story out of it too. Well, speaking of cognitive and like memory disorders, so you you and your partner started this foundation or started started this foundation and this event, um, Mimosas for Memories, which is coming up here. Yeah, and and it is benefiting um, those living with Alzheimer's and dementia and diseases of the like and their caregivers. Yep, that's who right. was like the big inspiration for this. So it's all back in 2016, we started Mimosas for Memories just as a fundraiser for Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of at that time, we're really just focused on that. Um, and the event has sort of grown year over year. From then, we added Cincy Brews for Brains in the fall with Braxton Brewery a couple years later. Um, and then I think really realized around 2018 or 2019 that there was a huge need for more programming in, in the community. And so mm -hmm. things to reach folks with these diseases and their caregivers. Um, and though research is super important, finding a cure for Alzheimer's is super important and something that I'm very passionate about. There are people that are living with the disease right now and their caregivers are going through this journey with them right now. And so my passion has always really been with those folks and mm -hmm. the people that are walking through it now. And so that's really kind of what inspired the Giving Voice Foundation. Okay, so that, okay, the Giving Voice Foundation is the foundation that you mm -hmm. and your partner Cody started. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah. By the way, you're giving back so much. Thank you. And the specifics that you just talked about. So caregiving is incredibly difficult. I think it's the hardest job. I've had like 65 jobs. And if you want to count caregiving, it's the 60, 66th and it's the hardest one I've ever done. Yep. Caregiving for my mother, which is not... Even, I haven't even done it that much. But even just, like, she would come stay with me for a month at a time and, like, getting her in and out of the bathroom and then seeing, like, her realize that she is losing control and then being there for her through it. It's, like, those are the moments that are so hard. Like, we'll joke about how, like, one time, like, her butt hit me in the face the first time <laughs> I got her into the bathtub, you know? And, like, helping her put her pants on and then, like, watching her cry that she can't put her own pants on anymore. Like, it's so hard. And if you are, but like, but it's an harder uh, for me personally because like it's my mom's, but not all every caregiver is related. But it is like it is the the um, the most emotionally taxing thing in the world. And uh, there's so many things that you need, so many services. If you're not into it, you don't realize how many services you need. If anything, it's given me the most advice and experience and how to set myself up for success when I get older. So what kind of things? All of this is like, so what kind of um, what kind of services and instruments are you providing or um, helping caregivers and the acting yeah. like in real time? So our mission has really centered around um, connection. So we have viewed that it's very important for um, caregivers to be able to connect with one another, but also the people living with these diseases. Yeah. And I think as a caregiver yourself, as anyone who's been in that position, you realize the isolation that comes with it, mm -hmm. um, both in, you know, the isolation for the caregiver from their social network, their friends, and then the isolation that comes with uh, cognitive changes um, that we see in dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so our programming's really kind of been focused on getting people together in a space where they can interact in a comfortable and safe way and where their caregivers can then also interact with one another get the support that they need, learn about how they can best engage with their loved one. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a big part of it. And that's Creative Connections. That is our weekly program. That's really what's going on at that each week. Um, and then what you mentioned about resources and kind of knowing what's out there, knowing what you need, I'd say our yeah. second biggest program is our purposeful planning program. Okay. And through that, we help connect people um, with the resources that they need in the community. 
Um, and that's uh, both of those are free services that we support through events like Mimosas for Memories. Oh, wow. This yeah. is fantastic. And so where, um, hold on, I'm like, so can people find, can people find more about these through yeah. your website? Yep. So our website has all of the different programs that we run. Um, we have others like a caregiver writing workshop. We have a caregiver writing journal that we produce a respite program kind of all kinds of stuff but it's all on the website okay yeah and so what specifically um made you want to lean in more towards alzheimer's and dementia um i think that when i was a teenager and and was working in the assisted living and nursing home setting seeing people walk through that disease and knowing them kind of before, during, and then in those more severe stages, it just has always been a disease that has struck me as so tragic because it, I think it steals away those stories that are so intriguing about older adults. Yeah. Um, and though they remain as the person that, that they've always been, I think the families struggle with that kind of loss of their story and loss of their history. And so it's also a disease where the caregiver and the person living with the disease are both so affected. And I think you could say that about cancer or anything else, but it's just in such a unique way that folks, I think, end up in these complex situations. And I tell everyone, I think everyone is different. Every um, caregiver relationship with the person living with disease is different. Every patient with Alzheimer's or dementia is different. These are all just, it's, it's so complex. It's so nuanced. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, medically, we don't have that much to offer. And so it's this other stuff. It's the support. It's the connection. It's the social interaction. It's the resources in the community. That's what is able to lift people up to get through this. Um, and so I think that that is why I've always felt really excited about making those things happen. Which is so true, really. Like through the power of connection, I feel like you can really do anything. And that it is, is true. a superpower. Yeah. Which I love how you... Um, how you really highlight the power of community and the power of connection and making mm -hmm. and like your main purpose all about community and connection. Like for instance, like my mom again, like when she came to stay with me, she was living with her sister. And then during we quarantined together and I'm telling you, she, she went back five years and it was like, she wasn't even sick at all. Yeah. She was like a whole different person. And we had so much fun and it was fantastic, <laughs> but like, I wish that could last forever, but like, yeah. it wasn't like it, it was, it, it's not a life deal yeah oh uh, so this is just fantastic okay so tell us more about this specific event of mimosas for memories so what are like the basics so it's our biggest fundraiser of the year um we're hosting it at the university club this year on april 30th mm -hmm. um it is most importantly bottomless mimosas brunch by the bites um we do a silent auction with date night packages that are usually really fun um we have kind of the um, red carpet photo booth set up. Um, this year we have a magician coming, which I always find really fun, kind of wander around and do interesting tricks. Yeah. Um, it's a fun time. I think people like it because it's more of a mix and mingle event and less of a sit down and listen to a speech kind of event. Ah, uh, yes. That's really important. Yeah. Like, I would say how many events, all those events are great, but um, this one sounds like a really great refreshing time. Um, have you met any people along this journey or anyone in, in specific or any stories specifically that are highlighted in your mind, like revolving Alzheimer's or dementia? Oh my gosh. I, so there's probably lots over the years. Um, I think 
the folks I've met at our Creative Connections program have mm-hmm. been just, it's, it is hard to describe what it's like to be there and see all of these people in a room together who I think often don't spend a lot of time with other people. Yeah. Um, and so just having folks come up to me there and kind of talk about their experience with the program, I think those are memories that always stick with me. Um, I mean, in my work as a, as a physician, I feel like I've, you know, sat down in the room with lots of people and, and talked through these things. And um, I think those are all kind of good memories. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're a really patient man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think this is Sometimes. really, really beautiful. Do you know where any of this inspiration has come from? You think just from working in this, in a home when you were younger? I think, I, I think everyone I've met who is passionate about geriatrics or works in this space, I feel like has had some younger experience with older adults. Yeah. And I think that that's got to be a huge driver. But I think it's personality, too. I think, you know, you do kind of have to be someone who's willing to sit down and let someone take their time telling a story. And mm-hmm. that's just not everybody's personality. No, oh, that's true. Oh, you're so great. <laughs> so what is um, so what is your life like here in Cincinnati? So you you work in Oakley and you live in Oakley, you know, do you and your partner have dogs or do you have any kids or do you have plants? I saw that you're a plant dad. <laughs> I love that you say that. I had to call myself a plant mom. I was up to 80 plus plants there for a while. Ooh, I think um, my husband keeps a close count because I'm on a tight leash with the plants. I think we're at 36 <laughs> or 37. Oh, but, nice. Uh, not, not 80 or 90, but um, yeah, we live in Oakley, very close to my practice and to the nursing home that I work at, which I love. Um and we do not have any kids or pets. We enjoy travel a lot, and the plants are much easier to um, leave behind. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, what was, like, the latest trip you went on? We do. So uh, we're going to Key West for Memorial Day, and then um, Palm Springs is sort of our favorite spot. So we always uh, retreat there after the event for a little refresher. Oh, nice. Yeah. I haven't been. Let's see. Palm Springs just reminds me of Coachella. I used to go there back in the day a lot when I was <laughs> younger, and now not anymore. So, um, Palm Springs is beautiful, like the Joshua Tree area. Yeah. So I've never been to I've never been to Key West either. Have you ever been to Fantasy Fest? I have or heard of it. Is. We've never been to Key West either. Really? Oh yeah. my god, we'll have so much fun! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like such a blast. I'm gonna write that down on my thing. Key West. We'll have a uh, freaking blast. And through like the so your husband Cody. So is he as involved in the foundation as well? Is that kind of because this is like. You guys do a lot. Yeah. This is like a bit. It is a it is a team commitment. That is is for sure. He um, so we started the event together um, when I was in medical school in 2016. um, And he's been there the whole way. Um, I think, you know, it it overlaps with my professional world as well. So I think definitely um, it that pulls me in a little bit more. But he is kind of the um, sometimes behind the scenes, super supportive spouse. does all of our financials and things like that. So, oh, nice. That's very yeah. important. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a very dynamic duo there. Yeah. Like the best of both worlds. All yep. right. Okay, so what do you recommend that people should wear to Mimosas for Memories coming up here on April 30th? So I feel like attire has gotten super confusing lately, and I don't know okay. what people want to call it, but okay. I always say wear your best Sunday brunch attire, whatever that is to you. Okay. Um, there's no dress code. People usually dress a little bit nice, but um, it doesn't matter. All right. I'm thinking like derby type stuff. Yeah, that's actually, that might be a good way to describe it around a here. A little bit? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. 
I'll write that down because I'm also going to the Derby. Don't have an outfit for that yet either. You could double up, and so, I've definitely seen some hats at Mimosas. So. Really? That's what I saw yeah. on the website. Yeah. There are definitely yep. some hats. Okay. Maybe Molly, maybe I'll try to get her um, to wear a matching outfit with me because I've always wanted that to That seems do like that. a good idea. That sounds fantastic. She is blonde as well. We look like <laughs> sisters as it is, so that would be fantastic. Um, Christian, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks and for, for everything me. that you're doing for the Cincinnati community. And if you ever want to come back and talk about like your uh, your other passions in the LGBTQ community, that would be fantastic as well. Anytime. Let's see, like Pride is coming up in June. That's true. So excited to have it back. I know. It's been two years. Oh, my gosh. So are you involved this year? Or what is your stance in it? Yeah. So um, Christ Hospital is involved in the Pride pre-party. So mm-hmm. I'll be um, sort of involved from that standpoint. And then we'll be there all weekend. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you there, as yeah. will I be on different fa- facilities, whatever you want to say yeah. it, in different avenues, whatnot. I'm not sure Q has, like, the strong, I don't know exactly what our presence is, but I'm going with, like, a lot of different other yeah. stuff being involved this year. It doesn't so. matter. It's a fun time. It is. I'm very excited that it's back. Um, thank you so much, man. And um, I will see you most of us for memories. Yeah. See you there.